If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 42 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Easter Sunday, April 12th, 2020. Let's get things started by, as always, giving our shout out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network, as well as Grunt Talks MLB. First up, as always, Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. They're being kind enough to help continue to grow this podcast by featuring Yapping Yankees on their website and expanding their options for sports content on their platform as well. So be sure to check out Grunt Talks MLB. Be sure to visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their sports content, including Yapping Yankees. Be sure to also follow those behind the website. My friend Darren on Twitter, at YankeesReport28, as well as the baseball chick Samantha at Ziggy89X. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB for joining in on the growth of Yapping Yankees. Well, as I said in the introduction, it is in fact Easter Sunday, and I want to wish all of you a very happy Easter, or as good of an Easter as you possibly can have in these times. And I know that in these times, it just feels like a regular Sunday, and it really sucks, but it is Easter, and it always has been one of my favorite holidays personally, so I'm trying to remain happy and positive that it is Easter. And this Easter Sunday edition of Yapping Yankees is in fact episode 42, Purgatory Part 4, as our Purgatory episodes are ongoing in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic when the sports world, as well as just life in general, continue to stay on hold. But when it comes to the virus itself, some numbers here in New York in the last few days have shown some plateauing or flattening of the curve, whichever expression you prefer, and hopefully things continue to take a turn for the better in the coming weeks. But unfortunately, we're going to get episode 42 started on a sad note right now, because... I need to say some words for someone I consider to be a very good friend of mine and is also one of my biggest supporters and best listeners. This person is a friend of mine who I met on Twitter, who's become a close friend, James Celestin, whose previous at on Twitter was at AnimeSoldier01, and now he's known at BlackRebirth52. You may recall that at if you're a frequent listener because he always comments on my polls and gets shoutouts. He's a great person, a great follow, and a great friend. And he also co-hosts a podcast called The Sports Dudes. Be sure to check them out. Wanted to give them a little plug. And we also actually met in person by surprise at one of the Yankees' Twitter softball games last summer. And neither of us actually even knew the other would be there that day. So that was definitely a pleasant surprise when we ran into each other and met for the first time. And we were so thrilled to meet each other in person. But... I just wanted to dedicate a brief portion of this podcast to James because yesterday he announced on social media that he had lost his father to COVID-19. 
And lots of people have felt the impact of this virus on either themselves or a loved one, myself included. I hadn't revealed this yet, but I guess it's alright that it's public now. I've only told people that are close to me. My father went through it, and although he made a recovery, it was still a very scary time. And this virus has just wreaked such havoc on not only this country, but the entire world. And it's a tragedy, especially when great people like James and his loved ones have to experience such a loss. James, my friend, I wanted to take this moment to tell you how terribly sorry I am for your loss. You've had great support on social media I've seen after announcing this on your different platforms, as you deserve, because you're a great person and you have a lot of people, including myself, who care a great deal about you. And I want to let you know we're all here for you in these terrible times, my man. I didn't even tell you I was planning on doing this, and you'll probably be a little surprised by it once this is uploaded later. I don't know when this is going to be uploaded, because I'm recording right now at 4.30. I usually record much earlier, but as you can probably imagine, the laziness on Easter Sunday is just on another level today. But whenever this is later tonight that I do upload this and you get around to listening, I do hope this portion of the episode eases your pain at least the smallest bit, as well as the rest of the episode, of course. But... We do love you, man, and you're in our thoughts. Stay strong, and let's all pray for James and continue to stay positive and hopeful that everything changes for the better with all of this as soon as possible. It's obvious that for many people, and for life as a whole for the most part, things will never be the same again, even after this all blows over. But of course, we can all still hope that some sense of normalcy can return once it's all done. So I just wanted to say that before we go on and dedicate a couple of minutes to my good friend James and his father. James, you're in my thoughts and you're in all of our thoughts, and this also goes to all of the people who have tragically lost somebody due to this horrible virus. And again, we just have to hope that this all subsides as soon as possible, because this is just a terrible time we're living in, and beyond anything that we could have ever imagined. But as for episode 42 today, I've got another good one for you. We're going to start with this week's poll and go through the results and replies on Twitter and Instagram as we usually do. Then I'm going to tell you a bit about what some of the Yankee players have reportedly been doing in quarantine, as reported yesterday by Brandon Cuddy. I thought it was a nice little portion to mention, as well as what Aaron Judge is doing charity-wise to help some people out in a certain area, and we'll get to that later. And then we're going to talk about the different proposals that have been mentioned from the Arizona proposal that was, well, proposed back on Monday, all the way to the Japan proposal mentioned yesterday. And speaking of the proposals, that happens to be what this week's poll is about, as you can probably imagine. So let's get right into it. We'll start on Twitter as always, and now I shall read to you all this week's questions. So on Twitter and Instagram as well, but starting on Twitter, the question for this week was, after hearing some proposals this week, would you be willing to pursue at least one of them just to get baseball back if safe, or would you rather just wait until 2021 for things to be normal again? And of course, reply with your thoughts below for your shout out. The two choices were the first one being, bring it back, please, meaning just bring back baseball. Yeah, and you're just begging at this point. And the second choice is to just wait until 2021. And the choice of bring it back, please, did in fact win by earning 66% of the vote out of the hundreds of you that voted for this poll. 66% of you said that you just want baseball back at this point and you're nearly begging for it. And then only 34% of you, which it isn't too far off results-wise, but 34% of you said to just wait until 2021. And I'm going to give my personal take on these proposals and what I think they should do, which avenue they should go down later on in the show when I give my ultimate take on all of this to end things for episode 42. But for now, I'm going to keep my opinion reserved, my overall opinion. But I'll really on the down low, as I usually do with the replies, sort of hint at how I feel. Because, of course, I do agree with at least one of these choices for the poll. And when I read your replies, I'll probably give little insinuations as to which side I sort of lean towards. But I'll really give you just the main dish on how I feel at the end of the episode. 
So let's get right into the replies. And first up, we have my good friend, James Celestin, who I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, James Celestin at Black Rebirth 52. And James said, at this point, I'll take anything as long as it's safe. I don't want to have something for the sake of having something. It has to be done smart. Yeah, I agree, James. I mean, regardless of which avenue they go down, whether it be waiting for next year or trying to start at least one of these proposals up that we've heard throughout the week, which again, we'll get to throughout these replies and later on in the news portion of the episode. But regardless of what they pursue, they just have to make sure that it's safe. I agree. Safety is number one. Then we add at Laker 477 says, wait until 2021. At this point, I don't see a legitimate regular season being possible. If they play in any form and the players' stats don't count, what's the point? Why risk the players getting injured? Our Yankees are injured enough already as it is. Just wait till next year. <laughs> I agree about the injuries part. They're definitely always injured as it is. Then up next, we had at makeup underscore mofo says, I don't want anything that would endanger players and or make their families suffer. So I say, wait till next year. It's selfish to expect these guys to gather in groups while we're expected not to. We want a lot of stuff right now, but it doesn't mean it's a good idea. Think about others. Well, I definitely agree with that sentiment, just thinking about others and not really always thinking about what you want or what would be best for your entertainment while having to stay secluded at home. So I, I definitely understand that. Regardless of what they pursue, it should be good for all parties involved. That includes the players and the fans, what would be safest and best for everybody. So I understand that, definitely. At Gene1Max says, they can play in Arizona and Florida to start. No fans. Have all players tested pre and during. And if it becomes safe to do baseball as usual, then do that. If not, then my first option. No fans and players tested. Well, then that's the thing, and that's also what people were talking about in the original Arizona plan, which I'm going to be talking about when we get to that portion of the show when we talk about the news. But a lot of people were even questioning, like, where are they going to be getting all those tests from? Because especially at the start when this was all just beginning towards the beginning or mid-March, the main concern in the country was not having necessarily enough tests for people. So if they're just going to be able to do this constant testing every single day before, after games, or even during games, I don't know. Regardless of when or if they decide to do this frequent testing, you have to question, where are they going to be getting all those tests from? Because that's a lot of testing for a lot of players and quite frequently. So that's the thing. There are a lot of things that you have to sit down and think about. Like, how would that even work? I mean, you have to imagine that there are probably a lot of plans on the download being discussed by the league that us fans don't even know about yet, and that's great. And we'll see what happens if and when they are released to the public. But I assume if they have plans that are this drastic, if you're testing people that frequently, I would hope that they have a way to do that without stripping tests from the regular person in the community. But you don't know. We don't really know specific details. We just know certain things that they would like to try to pursue eventually. But a lot of things, you don't really know how they would do it 100% yet. Then up next, we had at MountainGal456. As many of us know her on Twitter, her name is Tina, says, After much thought, we're keeping people safe. I would hate to hear that a player or anyone in the MLB family tested positive for coronavirus to have baseball come to a halt again. Also not crazy about new rules and the possibility of back-to-back -back shortened seasons. The wait is worth it. Well, yeah, there are a lot of things that are tough to disagree with, Tina, and what you were saying. All the new crazy rules, which I'm going to get to when I talk about my overall take on this thing. All those crazy new rules, they can tend to be a bit of a turnoff. But, of course, you knew that in the midst of these crazy times, you were going to get crazy outcomes or solutions or thoughts as to what to do later down the road. Heck, how many times did we say on this podcast, you know, we're probably going to get something that we've never seen before and a lot of crazy sort of ideas thrown around that a lot of people are not going to like or maybe they do like. But regardless, it's going to be a whole lot of things we have never seen before. 
and possibly never even thought of before. So all those new crazy rules, a lot of them tend to be a bit of a turnoff for us. And yeah, that would definitely be a nightmare if after all of this, you know, we're all in purgatory and that's why these episodes are called purgatory. We're in quarantine and everything, just life and the sports world, everything just seems to be in a purgatory sort of state right now while the world is halted. And to just start things up again and for someone to test positive and for them to just have to stop again, that wouldn't be a great look. And of course, for everybody involved, it would definitely be unsafe leading to them probably halting everything again, as you said, Tina. So I definitely agree with basically everything you said. And up next, we have At Peace Now for Life, saying, As much as I really miss baseball, I'm afraid for the players and their families, including the coaches, managers, etc. Plus, I don't want to see a shell of the game we all love. I say wait until 2021 so it's safe for all. You know what's really funny about these replies so far, and I'm sure that we're going to get the contrary as we keep going, but as you know, the results in the poll said that many people just want baseball back, please, like they're begging for it. But these first few replies are everybody just saying they want to wait till 2021. <laughs> I just think it's funny. But I guess a lot of silent people who don't reply also just voted that they want baseball back. And the people who want to wait till next year, a lot of them have replied early on here, which is fine. But it's just funny. But I do I do really understand what you're saying, Rebecca. And of course, everybody misses baseball to death. But as we're saying, the number one priority here is safety. And if it puts anyone in danger, and as Tina said, if anyone is to test positive after picking up all the activity again, that would really just suck. It really would. So obviously safety is number one. You're absolutely right. And I'm going to keep reiterating that because it's the truth. At Julian Guillarte, one, my good friend Julian says, I want it back even if it's weird, but I understand it has to be safe before any of this is even considered. And you're right. Another person preaching safety and you are completely correct. At Laura underscore Iceman says, it won't be a legitimate season, but I'll take anything as long as it's safe. And everyone, players, coaches, league, and health officials agree with everything that is proposed. Well, yeah, and also that's another hurdle that you have to overcome with these proposals that have been, well, as I said before, proposed. But a lot of things have to be overcome, and a lot of that includes everybody being on the same page and agreeing. The players' union, the league itself, just everybody, the players, they have to all agree on doing it. At Java 31 says, I wouldn't want to be selfish at the sake of the game, especially for their families. Yeah, a lot of people are mentioning the families thing because of really a point that was made with the Arizona plan that was the first one proposed back last Monday. And we're going to talk about that. It was about the players being in isolation in Arizona and really being away from their families for a lot of months. And a lot of people took issue with that, including myself when I was thinking about it, because it's really a dire situation when you think about it. But I mean, dire times call for dire situations, of course. But that's why a lot of people are mentioning the risk of the families and what would be best for them, the families of the athletes. And I completely agree. Up next is my girlfriend at Vic Salimo says, Baseball players are people too. And more than anything in a time like this, their families need them. As a family woman, I say that it's more worth it to wait. I miss baseball terribly, but I could never ask players to put my needs above their own. Well, if replies like this aren't kind and selfless, then I don't know what is, because that's the kind of mindset I have too. Of course, we all miss baseball and sports in general terribly. Nobody's denying that. But at the same time, these are times that the athletes' families really need them the most. Everybody needs to just stick together in this and stay positive. And it'll only make things more difficult if their loved ones are isolated in Arizona for about five months. And maybe some of them will be okay with that, but I doubt all of them will be. And they've actually voiced some of them that they wouldn't be okay with that. So these are things you have to sit down and really think about, both when you're in the player's shoes and when you're just a fan saying, wow, should they really put their needs ahead of mine, as Victoria says, and really think of it from that perspective. It's part of being human, guys. 
and having priorities too, knowing what's most important in life. And although they, of course, care about us, the fans, their family obviously takes priority. Up next is Evan D. Wetzel 4 says, At this point, I'll do anything for baseball, and that includes some fear factor level bleep, bro. <laughs> I say bleep because there was a curse. No cursing on the podcast, guys. <laughs> Anytime there are curses in the replies or anything that's not really PG-13, I don't say them because I don't like to bring cursing to professional platforms, or at least something I'd like to be a professional platform. <laughs> so anytime there's a curse, please do not be surprised when I bleep it. But I do get your point. You are desperate, Evan, as are a lot of people. <laughs> totally fair. At 1325, Bent says the sport would be badly damaged if they lost the entire season. No choice but to do everything they can to play ball. Well, yeah, I definitely imagine some of them may be rusty after missing a whole year, but I assume they could get back into it. They are professional athletes. And, of course, there would be an adjustment to missing a whole year. I'm not denying that. But, again, they are professional athletes, and you have to do what's most safe. And if they, unfortunately cannot find a method to play some sort of baseball, whether it's a shortened exhibition season or as close to the normal regular season as they can possibly get in these circumstances, they have to make sure it's safe. But if they can't and they have to wait till next year, then they're going to have to deal with that and stay in shape and still go to fields as much as possible and be safe while doing so and just stick with it, stick with the program. They're professional athletes and they won't allow themselves to completely lose their skill. Now, I realize none of that is the same as facing live pitching, but again, these guys are professionals who do this for a living. I'm sure they would get their ability back before long. That's the way I see it. But I do understand your point. I do. At the Bronx Zoo NYY says, No meaningful season can be played, especially with certain governors who want to keep things shut until they feel they no longer have to be on TV every single day. So wipe 2020 off the books, have a spring training, then a 40-50 to 50 game exhibition season to keep these guys good for 2021. And yeah, I suppose that's somewhat of what the last guy was saying, having to do with, even though they lost the entire season, just do everything you can to play some sort of ball. And yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't be opposed to some sort of an exhibition or just a fun, different kind of season just to keep the guys fresh and have them playing baseball at some capacity. Just again, make sure they're safe. But yeah, I think it's kind of hard to have any sort of season that would count for anything legitimate at this point. Because even if they do pursue one of those proposals, as you'll hear later once we talk about it, it's going to be quite different, <laughs> to say the least. Up next, we have at official 52011 says it's still baseball. That it would be, but it would definitely be different. At C. Dixon 25 says, I'll take whatever I can get. With that said, my preference is to have whatever incarnation we get to be considered some sort of an exhibition season. And yeah, that's what the Bronx Zoo said as well. Just that it's a little tough to consider it a legitimate season at this point with so many changes being made. It would probably have to be an exhibition season at this point, as you say. Which is fine. You're still getting some sort of baseball and some sort of live sports and live entertainment, even if it doesn't count as legitimate past seasons, but just get something out there to have the guys fresh, to have the fans enjoy, and just go out there and have some fun, have an exhibition season. I would not be opposed to that, as I said earlier. I would not be. At King DJ underscore 5297 says, if the league can find a way for players to bring their families to Florida or Arizona or wherever they want to try, I'm all for it. Otherwise, either wait till it's safe and have a condensed season or just wait till next year. Yeah, that's definitely a fair take. And I'm glad to hear that so many people are really looking past their own desires and wants for the sport and really putting themselves in the athlete's shoes and how their family would feel about it without having to see their significant other or father or whatever relationship the athlete has that would be staying in Arizona for all those months. And as I said earlier, it's important to just sit back and really ask yourself, how would it feel for them? I mean, I know I would be entertained and I'd be so thrilled to have baseball back, but let me put myself in their shoes for a moment and... 
think about what they would be missing out on in that kind of an environment for that long. Because we're talking, again, four and a half, five months here. That's not a couple of days. <laughs> At CTBMES says, it's so funny to me that anyone thinks this is going to happen under any circumstances whatsoever. So I assume that means you are saying wait till next year. <laughs> That's fair. A lot of other people are saying that. At Summer Wind Jim says, I remember the strike shortened season. Well, yeah, those sort of strikes shortened a couple of years. And a lot of other people were mentioning those in weeks past. 1981 had the shortened season when the Dodgers won. Then in 1994 into 1995, there was the shortened seasons as well. The Braves won the World Series in 95 after a shortened season. But of course, a strike and what's going on right now are not nearly the same circumstances. But I do get your point. You are remembering when there were shortened seasons. And there have been in the past. But again, this is much different. (laughs) Much, much different. At Wordsmith S6 says, bring it back now, please. (laughs) Another desperate one. And believe me, I understand the desperation. I do. I understand it plenty. At Walt Wright 6 says, bring it back, please, in whatever form is readable. Readable? Okay. (laughs) That's an interesting choice of words. But as for Twitter, that's all for today with those replies. As always, I want to thank you for all the poll interactions on there. Let's head on to Instagram real quick before we wrap up this segment and we get to the news segments and Yankees news and MLB news. So let's head on over to Instagram. And of course, the same question applies as did from Twitter for this week. And the question again, I'll remind you, says, after hearing some proposals this week, would you be willing to pursue at least one of them just to get baseball back if safe? Or would you rather wait until 2021 for things to be normal again? And now, Bring It Back Please did win on Twitter, and it also won here on Instagram, but by a much closer margin. Of all the votes that we got on Instagram, 52% of you said Bring It Back Please, and 48% said Wait Until 2021. So this seems to be a much more split issue on Instagram. The results were much closer, extremely close to even being 50-50, which is wild. So let's get on over to the couple of Instagram messages that I got in reply to this poll. And we'll start with my mom at Julia Gina Scudero says, I just want to see the stadium with the game being played. I want to see our boys back in action. So what if the concession stands won't make money? Bring it back, please. (laughs) Well, again, more desperation, but I do understand it. And there are definitely a lot of other factors at work here other than concessions not making their money. As we do know, there are a lot of other factors, but... I understand the desperation. I do. Trust me. I will not hold that against anybody. These are tough times, and we'll do just about anything to see any form of baseball on our televisions again. I I understand. I, too, miss it a lot. Then again, like we did on Twitter, we have at official 52011, and he says it's still baseball, but different. Example, the Red Sox, Grapefruit South Division, which we'll get to also, the Grapefruit South Division. You must be like, what the hell are you talking about? But it's part of the proposals for later. Don't worry about it. Just hang tight. But regardless, let me finish the reply. He said, example, Red Sox, Grapefruit South Division, is in the different division than the Yankees, the Grapefruit North Division, and the new realignment of Grapefruit and Cactus League. And yes, we're going to get to this later on, and we're about to move on to news anyway, so very shortly. But I do thank you for replying on both Twitter and Instagram. You're awesome, and you do deserve your two shoutouts. And yes, it Definitely would be different, especially with the proposed realignment of the divisions. When I saw that, I was like, wow, they're really reaching now. I was like, this is really getting crazy. But 
It is an interesting proposal, to say the least. All of this stuff, at the very least, is interesting. Even if you don't like it, or if you do like it, at the very least, it definitely is fascinating to think about and interesting to look at. But yeah, you're right. If nothing else, it's interesting to look at and think about. And with that, that does wrap up this week's replies for the poll on Twitter and Instagram. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking a little time out of your day to join in on the Yapping Yankees fun with the polls. You know, I greatly appreciate all of your interactions. But... Without further ado, let's move on to some Yankees news. We do have a couple of things to talk about here in Yankees news before we get to the discussion that you have all been waiting for about the new Major League Baseball proposals that have been being discussed throughout this past week, and I promise you we will get to those, but let's talk about some Yankees news first. Beginning with an update on what some Yankees players have been doing in quarantine, as reported yesterday by Brandon Cuddy, an interesting article put out describing what some of the people in the Yankees organization, mostly the players, what they've been doing in their time in solitude. Sometimes you may just have a slow moment in your day and you may just sit back and say, huh, I wonder what the players are doing in this time of quietness. Are they still training? Are they able to go to the field? Did they just go back home to spend time with their families? Like, what have they been up to? You know, you know what you're up to. You're just staying at home for the most part if you're working at home or not working at all or whatever your story is. You know what you're doing at home and then maybe you just sit back and wonder what other people are doing, especially the athletes who you just want to see on TV again so badly. So Brandon Cuddy did put out an article yesterday talking about what some of the players are doing in quarantine and it's really interesting. A good piece to read if you want, and he posted it on NJ.com. First off, we'll start off with what Giancarlo Stanton's been doing, and according to Brandon Cuddy, he said, Stanton has been doing his best to stay home and stop the spread of the virus. And Stanton did say, quote, I'm staying home for every family that's struggling or has lost a loved one. Also for the medical staff who's been working around the clock in the grueling conditions, risking their health and well-being to save lives, end quote. And there was also a very helpful piece of information towards the end of what Stanton's been up to for those of you wondering, hey, how's his calf been doing? Because we may forget, but we also must remember that Stanton was in line to miss the first couple of weeks of the season, perhaps, due to a grade one calf strain. So Aaron Boone provided a brief update for that, and he said since the shutdown, manager Aaron Boone has repeatedly said that Stanton's right calf strain has all but healed. Well, that's pretty good news. I mean, if he's ready to go whenever, then that's definitely a good thing. We have discussed in the past, even if it is a little bit of a messed up way to think, but we have discussed in the past that with baseball being on this hiatus and the sports world overall, not really knowing when and if the season is going to start, that in the time where the Yankee players are hurt, this gives them more time to heal and get ready if the season is to start. So that's definitely good news on the forefront of Giancarlo Stanton. As far as what Garrett Cole's been doing, Brandon Cuddy provided an update on him as well, and according to Cuddy, he's been keeping sharp. He's posted videos of himself playing catch with his wife Amy, who throws a nasty slider apparently, that's pretty cool. Runs in the family, I guess. And I have seen some of those videos on social media, and he's been at the home of Yankees reliever Adam Adovino, and he's been throwing off a mound. Adovino's posted many videos and photos of what they've been doing. There is a photo from someone on Twitter at Pitching Ninja with Amy Cole throwing a filthy fastball and a slider to Garrett Cole. And there was also a nice photo released on social media last week. I may have spoken about it on last week's episode. I'm pretty sure I did. But it was a nice photo of Garrett Cole. I believe it was at Adam Adovino's house, as it says in the article, how he's been staying there. 
but it was a really cool photo of Garrett Cole just in the middle of throwing, it looks like, with his knee up and his hands by his side like he's about to throw the ball. And it was a really nice looking photo with a really cool Maserati in the background while he was in his windup. Really cool stuff. So it seems like they've just been doing that, playing a lot of catch, hanging out, staying safe and quarantined. When it comes to Mariano Rivera, former Yankee, retired Yankee, and now Hall of Famer, of course, first unanimous Hall of Famer, I love mentioning that, <laughs> but Rivera is also continuing with his charitable efforts, as we all know. Mariano Rivera just does tireless charitable work, which is awesome. It says here, according to Brandon Cuddy, that Rivera and his church in New Rochelle, New York, helped distribute food to those in need during the pandemic. The legendary Yankees closer asked young people in particular to stay home to slow the virus's spread. So Mariano Rivera doing good for the community as always, nothing new there, but fantastic nonetheless. Luke Voigt has been apparently working out doing yard work at his house. He's planted a tree and some bushes, and apparently he also said he's trying to go for the best yard in the neighborhood, and he posted a photo of himself running up a steep hill on Instagram. So that's cool. Luke Voigt apparently staying in shape, tending to his house a bit. And when it comes to tending to a house, I sort of relate because as I may have mentioned on last week's episode, I believe I mentioned it in the midst of my rant at the end of the episode. <laughs> but my family and I have taken advantage of this time to work on the house too. We've been doing a lot of cleaning of things that haven't been touched in years and been donating a lot of stuff, throwing out other things that wouldn't be able to be used by other people and is never used by us anymore. But these times of not having much to do, it's really good to be able to tend to your house for a little bit because... In the regular times where everybody's just busy running around like a chicken without a head, you don't really have much time to just sit down and tend to the house like that. You don't have much time to do that, so it's nice to be able to do it. But it is funny to think about because I never really pictured Luke Voigt being the guy to flex on us with the best yard in the neighborhood. <laughs> but hey, whatever makes him happy. Gary Sanchez, apparently he's been working on his catching more. He did post a video of himself to social media working on the new one-legged catching stance that we saw that he was working on throughout the beginning of spring training. So that's awesome to hear that Gary's still putting the pedal to the metal on learning that new stance. Hopefully it helps him when and if baseball kicks back up. We saw that new stance broken out a couple of times in our brief stint of spring training. Clark Schmidt has apparently been working out at his home in Georgia, throwing bullpen sessions, and he's also been enjoying spending time with his family, so that sounds as good as it can get. Doing what needs to be done to stay in shape, while also enjoying time with the family. Kyle Higashioka seems to be working on his hitting because there was actually a video that he posted to Instagram of his wife using a pitching machine, having balls pitched at Kyle, and he's hitting bomb after bomb with them, so that's pretty cool. Higashioka working on his hitting a little bit. So it seems like a lot of these guys are doing what you'd expect. They're staying in shape, whether it be actually practicing matters with the game, pitching, hitting, or taking much-needed time to tend to their houses like Luke Voigt, and just spending time with their family, as they should be. So, it's nice to hear. When it comes to Aaron Judge, there is a little bit more to talk about, so I saved him for last. But there is a bit more of an extensive update on what he's been up to, as well as something nice that he's planning to do for the community alongside his friends at JBL Audio, which we'll get to in a bit. That was really the charitable effort that I was talking about earlier that Aaron Judge was pursuing that I mentioned at the start of this episode, so we'll get to that. But first up, having to do with Judge, Brendan Cuddy reported in this article that on Adidas's The Huddle, with Blazers star Damian Lillard, Judge said that he's been rehabbing his fractured right rib at the Yankees facility in Tampa, so he's still been going to the facility, and that he could turn things up soon. Judge said, quote, it's good. Should be back doing a little bit more here in about a week or two, and then hopefully have some more answers on when the season will start, end quote. So doing a little bit more, perhaps swinging, 
And that is what some other people and Brendan Cuddy really assume that he may have meant, swinging, which of course is something that the doctor told him to stop doing when his injury was discovered, so we'll see what that is alluding to. But hopefully the best for Judge, he's still keeping in shape and working out, rehabbing his injury, and of course also in the coming weeks. I do hope for his sake and for the sake of if any sort of a season is to start anytime soon, that he fully is able to come back and rehab his injury and be back in good health. But also, as I've been building up to, speaking of Judge, he did team up with his buddies at JBL Audio recently to contribute to society in these tough times, and you know I like to recognize whenever the Yankees commit to doing these kind deeds for the community, especially during this quarantine, like last week when most of the Yankees' news segment was how the Yankees created their fund for their employees who were impacted by COVID-19, and Garrett and Amy Cole making significant donations to organizations who help those fighting the virus on the front lines. And now Judge and JBL Audio have joined the effort to help out in another area. And that's why I felt the need to mention this, because I just like to. It's a feel-good portion and a really thoughtful thing to do on behalf of the players that I feel should be recognized. Judge did reveal it on his Instagram, and that's where I got this clip from that I'm about to play for you, from his Instagram. And I'll let him explain what he and JBL Audio are doing. So, here's Judge. Hey, everyone. Life's changed a lot for us the last month. Education has always been important to me. So I've teamed up with my partners at JBL to provide children in need in New York City with headphones so they stay focused in their learning environment and remain successful in the classroom. Stay positive, stay focused, and we'll get through this together. As I always say, I love when the guys do nice things like this, and it is important for kids to be able to concentrate when doing their work from home because, obviously, in our houses, you can easily be distracted. So if this helps kids to have an easier time focusing on their work, then that's great. It's easy to fall out of the routine when you're just staying home doing nothing a lot of the time, so like Judge said, it's important. So bravo to Aaron and everyone else on the Yankees and everyone else throughout sports anywhere who are doing everything they can to make these times easier. I want these efforts to be known. It's important, in my opinion, to recognize these efforts and hear these positive messages being put out by people who many look up to, like Judge and so many others. But he's right. We'll get through this. We got this. As much positive energy as possible because we know in these times it's lacking and we really, really do need it. All right. Now for the discussion that many of you have been waiting for that began six days ago on Monday when the first article about all of it came out on Bleacher Report and all Major League Baseball platforms, the final talking point on today's episode, the numerous MLB proposals in attempt to start activity up again for baseball at some point in May for some sort of a season to perhaps start in June. And I say numerous proposals because there have been more than one, and we'll go through each of the major ones that were discussed throughout the week. But let's go back to where it all started last Monday night with the Arizona proposal. Now, I saw this on my phone. A notification popped up after I'd finished watching one of my favorite TV shows last Monday night. I saw on my phone a Bleacher Report notification that Major League Baseball was discussing potentially pursuing a proposal in which players would be isolated in Arizona to start activity up again in May to maybe have some sort of a season start up in June. And there were a lot of details that had to do with it. And I have to be honest, before really sitting back and thinking about the context of this proposal, when I first saw this, of course, because of our desperate states of mind, we're all just craving for baseball to be back in the worst of ways. And any time you see any little thing pop up on your phone about baseball coming back in any way, shape or form, you're like, oh, my God, bring it back right now, no matter what. (laughs) And I have to plead guilty to doing that when I first saw the notification on my phone. And I still felt that way going to bed because I really didn't even read the article in depth that night because I was just happy to see that notification. And I posted on my Twitter asking others what they were thinking. And I really dove into it 
the next day on Tuesday. And then I started to feel certain different ways, and you're going to see how I feel those certain different ways when I give my overall takes on this. But first of all, we're going to go a bit in-depth on some of the details on the major proposals that have been discussed in the last six days or so since this Arizona one. So we're going to start with this one. And I'm not going to lie, it would have been nice if this would have came out on Sunday so I could have discussed this on last week's episode, even though last week's episode was long as it is. But it would have been nice to still mention on last Sunday's episode as opposed to waking up on Monday and going through my day, and then Monday night, the day after the previous Yapping Yankees episode, I have to get a notification with something as big as an MLB proposal to start any sort of baseball up as soon as possible, and then I'm like, oh, damn it, I just did a new Yapping Yankees episode yesterday, and now I have to sit on this for six days. (laughs) This is the struggle you go to when you do a show that just airs on the weekends, but regardless... That's the name of the game, and of course, I still have as much passion for this subject as I did six days ago. It's all part of being a content producer, guys. But let's get into some of the details having to do with the Arizona proposal to start any sort of baseball up starting in May. Now, here are the big points of it. The players will have to strictly travel to and from the hotel and ballpark they will play at on the given day. They would be away from their families, essentially living in isolation in Arizona, which is really the part that bothered a lot of people, even myself a bit, which I think if you're a human being, you have to feel for them at least a little bit in that area, particularly for those in the shoes of someone like Garrett Cole, who's expecting a baby in the next couple of months, and you won't even really be around to witness the birth of that or be with your wife, Amy, or the family and be able to be there. I mean, that's really when you start thinking about how the situation would be and if this is really a good thing to pursue or not. But anyway, let's keep going with the details about the proposal. So those are the first two things. They would only be able to travel to and from the hotel that they're staying at and the ballpark, whichever ballpark it may be on that specific day. They would be away from their families in isolation in Arizona for about four and a half to five months throughout all this. They would be using Chase Field, which obviously, as we know, is where the Arizona Diamondbacks usually play along with all of the other spring training facilities available throughout the Great Phoenix area. I believe there's at least like 10 of them, along with any other fields nearby that are available. And the games themselves could involve electronic strike zones, seven-inning doubleheaders, which is obviously like an attempt to squeeze more games in, no mound visits by the catcher or managerial staff at all, and players and managerial staff that would usually sit in the dugouts would be sitting in the stands as opposed to sitting in their dugouts at least six feet away from one another. So there's your dose of social distancing. And there would be regular testing too, as one person mentioned in the poll replies on Twitter, that they would be tested regularly, I assume, when they show up to the ballpark and potentially even when they're on their way out, just to see if they test positive or negative for it. I assume when they have this quicker testing available, which I know that the quicker testing is like this 15-minute coronavirus test that's been used for some people, and I assume this is the sort of test that they would be using for them so they can get their results back almost immediately, just in order to test whether they would have it or not when they enter the ballpark, because of course, they would need to know that. These guys are going to be on the same field together, even if they're not going to be near each other or try to stay as far away from each other as possible. They're going to be touching the baseball, and there would still be ways through ways like that for the virus to be spread to them if one of them was to test positive upon arrival. So, with the regular testing and all of those other things, that's more or less what would be happening. And only absolute essentials, I assume maybe TV crews or essential ballpark workers would be there, and of course anybody else having to do with the team that needs to be present for the games would be at the ballpark. Obviously, there would be no fans, and that's the way it would be. So, it would really be true isolation while playing baseball. And again, this would last for about four and a half or five months. It's a long time. 
Then a few days later, Bob Nightingale put out a piece discussing there being no American League or National League, which is what official 52011 was mentioning in his Instagram reply, about them realigning the six divisions in baseball for an abbreviated season. Now, here's what the realigned divisions would look like. This is pretty crazy. They would divide them up into the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League, which, as we all know, are already the names of the divisions when regular spring training is going on. The teams who play in Florida, they are referred to as the Grapefruit League, and the teams who play in Arizona are referred to as the Cactus League. So they would make those two things official for this new, abbreviated, different sort of a season for this year due to these strenuating circumstances. So they would divide them into the Grapefruit and Cactus Leagues. And the three divisions in the Grapefruit League would be the North, South, and East Divisions. In the North Division would be the Yankees, the Phillies, the Blue Jays, the Tigers, and the Pirates. In the Grapefruit League South Division would be the Red Sox, the Twins, the Braves, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Baltimore Orioles. And in the Grapefruit League East would be the Nationals, the Astros, the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Marlins. Over in the Cactus League, there would be the Northeast Division, which would hold the Cubs, the Giants, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Colorado Rockies, and the Oakland A's. In the Cactus League West would be the Dodgers, the White Sox, the Cincinnati Reds, the Cleveland Indians, and the Los Angeles Angels. And in the Cactus League Northwest would be the Brewers, the Padres, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Royals. And all 30 of the teams would be split evenly between Arizona and Florida, depending on where their spring training facilities are, and they would be broken into these divisions based on where their complex is. So again, this is definitely something experimental and very new. Nothing is definite at this point. These are all just proposals. Keep that in mind. That's why I refuse to lose my mind about any of this or get as crazy or passionate about it as so many other people are. I get why it would frustrate some people, and it's okay to frustrate you, but I'm telling you, in the beginning of the week, especially on a platform like Twitter, people were ripping each other's throats out about this. And for something that's simply a proposal, I mean, is it really worth getting that crazy about? Because I was giving my takes on it in certain areas of it, not really giving it away because I really wanted to save my opinion as much as possible for this podcast. But in certain areas, I would insinuate which ones I sort of agree with or disagree with, but I wouldn't get crazy over it because at the end of the day, I was just saying these are all just proposals, people. Can we freaking relax a little bit? (laughs) People get so crazy. But that was the realigned division proposal from Bob Nightingale, that official 52011 mentioned before, and the one that Nightingale mentioned a few days ago. And now, as of last night, this was really the other major proposal that was put forth. An article surfaced about there being potential for a Major League Baseball season, abbreviated or different, to be played in Japan. Now, this got me thinking, because the situation over in Japan, as some of us know, is different, so it is worth looking into, and I'll put in some details about it now, or whatever's known about it, because it was just a brief proposal put forth. But I am going to read you the article from Bleacher Report that was released about it last night. It was posted by Adam Wells on Bleacher Report, so go check it out if you haven't already. The title of the article is, MLB reportedly has considered playing 2020 season in Japan amid COVID-19. A really good article from Adam Wells. Be sure to check it out. But here's what he said in the article. He said, As Major League Baseball considers various options for the 2020 season amid the coronavirus pandemic, 
One idea reportedly discussed involved playing games in a different country. According to ESPN's Tim Kirkjian, one MLB source told him two weeks ago, quote, we're going to play in Japan. The Japanese league is going to get through this faster than America is going to get through it. The Japanese league is going to play at night and the major leagues are going to play during the day in Japanese stadiums and that's how we're going to get this thing started, end quote. Kirkjian said MLB playing games in Japan was a ridiculous idea, but noted, quote, in the end, I think something ridiculous is how we're going to play the season if we play the season, end quote. A number of reported ideas explored by MLB have come out in the past week. Of course, as we discussed already on Yapping Yankees, ESPN's Jeff Passan said Monday the league is considering playing games in the Phoenix area, where we already discussed. A number of the spring training facilities are there, and the teams would be isolated to traveling between their hotels and the stadiums. I already mentioned that. And then, of course, Bob Nightingale's proposal for getting rid of the American League and National League and going with the Grapefruit and Cactus Leagues. And all 30 of the teams would be split evenly between Arizona and Florida, depending on where their facilities are and broken into those divisions. But the rest of this article reads, It's unclear how viable the reported Japan plan might be, even if it were agreed upon by the league and players. And that really is the major hurdle that needs to be overcome, regardless of the proposal that we're talking about. The league, the players, the players' union, they all have to be in agreement on pursuing any of these proposals. That's really the big key to it. So those are really the three major proposals that were put forth by the league in a really an attempt to just start brainstorming potential ways they could start to ramp up activity again with baseball at any point. They're obviously hoping for some time in May for any sort of specific games to start in June. And of course, we still don't have a definitive timetable on when all of this will specifically subside. The only amount of data that I heard in the last few days, of course, is that in this country, fortunately, this is a good thing to hear, is that their death toll numbers, their expected death numbers, were much higher than what will actually be, which is great news because that means the actual amount of people that will die or have died from this, it's going to be a much lower number than what the models anticipated, which is always a good thing. Obviously, losing even one person is too much because you hate to see a virus like this claim lives, but considering it's going to be much lower, according to some of these medical professionals, than some of the models anticipated, that's always great news, but we still don't have a definitive timetable as to when things could return to some sense of normalcy. And that's really the key here to really start to figure out when a lot of other things could start to return to normal or as close to normal as possible, as I keep saying. Or when sports leagues like Major League Baseball may continue to pursue these sort of proposals and maybe even make them a reality. But when it comes to all of these proposals put together, I do have my overall take based on the major three that we just discussed here at the end of this episode. And this is how I'm going to end the episode, just by giving my take on these. And my take is that at this point, and believe me, it pains me unbelievably to say this, because I miss baseball as much as the next guy. And yeah, after you hear this, go feel free to flood my DMs, call me a fake fan or whatever. I really don't care, because I know a lot of people who have this opinion were attacked by a lot of others saying, oh, you're not really a baseball fan, you're not a true fan, you're fake, whatever. I don't think people that sensibly feel this way are fake fans. I think it's a level-headed way to look at it, but honestly, I do think overall if they can't find a safe way to pursue this with any of these proposals that have come out so far or any other ones that are to come out in the future in this coming week or coming weeks after this one, I just think it's better that baseball wait until 2021. I'm going to have to side with those people. Now, the one way that I would be all right with this starting up is if, number one, it's safe, if they can't find a way 
to pursue this in a 100% safe way and without also stripping needed tests from the community from your everyday citizens, because it sounds like the testing of those who will be at the ballparks are going to be very frequent. If they could somehow find a way to pull this off, I would be okay with this being an abbreviated and exhibition sort of season. I think at this point, especially with all of the big changes that they have mapped out up to this point, I do not think it's possible to play a fully respectable and appreciated and legitimate season. I just don't think it's possible at this point, given everything that's happened and how challenging it will be to take a season like that seriously and really just picture it in a way as being as legitimate as prior seasons. I just think at this point, with all of the proposed changes, that's not possible. And again, the number one thing in all of this, as so many people have reiterated, and I agree, the number one aspect of this is safety. And if you can't find a way to guarantee the safety of the players, of anybody else involved in the ballparks every day, and their families, I'm not sure this is worth pursuing, and we probably should just wait till 2021. I'm not really sure how you could disagree with that. I mean, God forbid us fans think about the players. As I said, that unbelievably pains me because I want baseball back and I want life to return to any sense of normalcy that it was before as much as the next person. I do. You know that. If you know anything about me, you know that. And it pains me to say it. But if you can't find a way to safely pursue this thing, you should wait until next year. When I look at playing games and I, and I hear people wanting to count this as something as legitimate as possible, when I see chopping innings off games for doubleheaders in an attempt to squeeze games in, I do think that playing 162 games at this point, as Rob Manfred said a week or two ago, I do think that's basically out of the question. And I certainly don't think that a good solution for that is to squeeze doubleheaders in and chopping two innings off them. I'd rather you just play less games in the season and still squeeze in doubleheaders, but still be able to play all nine innings. Because think about how when you're in a regular game, think of all the magic that could happen in the 8th and ninth inning, all of the incredible things that have happened in this game's history, especially because baseball is notorious for not having a time on the clock to mark when a game's over. It could go forever if it has to. It could go 25 innings. And how much magic has happened in the past in the 8th and ninth inning and you're just going to cut two innings off of a game? and count that as a legitimate game, and count that in a legitimate season? I'm sorry, I just can't really look past that. The electronic strike zones, when really in the last year or two, you've even been discussing how that system really isn't perfect yet, it's not been perfected, and you're not even sure if it's ready at any capacity. So why would you use that fully in a season where you would consider to be legitimate? That'd be okay in a season that you would use and you'd consider it an exhibition season, as I said before, which I think is a route that they should look down if they can find a way to 100% safely pursue this thing. Then I do think that an electronic strike zone is an interesting thing to instill if the season is going to be an exhibition season then that'd be fine. And that would also be a good way to test that new electronic strike zone system in games that don't count, in exhibition games. That's really the big fallback for me. I'd be willing to get baseball on TV and get it back if they could find a safe way to do this and guarantee safety of the players, managerial staff, and everybody in attendance, and their families. And also if it would be counted as an exhibition sort of a season with less games played. Because I don't want a legitimate season trying to squeeze in as many games as possible, chopping innings off games, and using an electronic strike zone with technology that is not nearly good enough to use, apparently according to what they've been saying in the past, that the system isn't ready yet. I'm just going based off of what they said in the past. No fans being in attendance, yes, I understand how that could change the dynamic of a game for the players. 
and of course also how that would change things financially for the organizations and the whole league. But it is doable without fans, regardless of the reasons I just gave as to why it wouldn't be good. But it's plenty doable, and so many leagues, and even WWE, who's still doing shows without fans, as many of you know, but many other leagues have already brainstormed how to do things without the fans, and they're willing to do it, and it would suck for the players, and for the organizations, and league as a whole financially. But the main concern, as I've been saying, is the safety and the major changes that you're proposing to make and still considering this to be a legitimate season of some sorts. I mean, when you're changing up the leagues and putting the teams in different divisions, when you're chopping innings off of games of doubleheaders, when you're talking about playing in a place like Arizona, playing an entire day worth of games and doubleheaders in that insufferable heat, it gets really, really bad in Arizona over there during the summer. When you're talking about those changes to the games itself, and if the Arizona proposals to go through, and you're talking about how long the players would be away from their families, and I saw this comparison by some people saying, oh, you know, soldiers in war do that, they stare away from their families forever. I mean, listen, that's not nearly the same thing. I get what you're trying to say, but it's a ridiculous comparison and it's not nearly the same thing. I would not make that comparison in my wildest dreams. You're comparing people serving in the military to people playing a game. And that's not an insult to those people playing those games, but to compare it to the military is nonsensical. And I get that a lot of people don't feel sympathetic towards these guys because of the money that they make or whatever reason you have in your head, but regardless... They are still human beings, and I'm sure they want to be around their families at least a couple of times within almost a half a year of the calendar, and if they're to have a newborn baby come around like Garrett Cole's expecting in the next couple of months, they probably want to be there for that. And I understand that, and I put myself in the player's shoes for a while, and I think, gee, how would I react if I were in their shoes? And there have been plenty of players that have voiced their displeasure about that in these last few days. When it comes to playing in Japan, of course, Japan's situation seems to be better and maybe they could find a safer way to pursue it there. Maybe bring the families along so you eliminate that problem. I don't know. And nobody really does know. That's what makes this all complicated. But if you could find a solution to that problem, then that's great. And if Japan works and it's safe for everybody and it's efficient for everybody, then pursue it. Try it out. But again, maybe in an exhibition sort of season. Because after everything that's happened, I just find it basically impossible to fit in an entire season, or even like three quarters of the season at this point, and call it legitimate. So if you're going to play an exhibition type season in any area where it's efficient to everybody, and it's guaranteed safety, then go after it. But if not, wait till next year. That's my take on the whole thing. And I'm not getting crazy about it, because again... These are all just proposals, and new proposals may or may not come about in the coming days or in the coming weeks. And maybe also you have to take into account if this virus takes a turn for the better in the coming days or weeks, that maybe some of the problems within these proposals could be solved, and then maybe that'll improve them and make them more approachable or doable. And that could happen too. The problem is, a lot of what happens in the next week or two is still crucial and could change a lot of things for the worse or better, and there's no definitive timetable on anything. So that's the problem. No one really knows anything for sure. That's why. These are just proposals being thrown out there. Try not to take them too seriously. Don't go too nuts over it. But you could voice your opinions or feelings about it like I am now. But let's see what happens in the coming days and weeks first before we flip out about anything. None of this is definite yet. It's just proposals. But again, that is my take on this. If you could find a way to 100% safely pursue any of these proposals... 
fix the faults in all of those things, such as changing the game so drastically, like the seven-inning doubleheaders, or the electronic strike zone, which is a system that they've said is not nearly ready yet, which is really not smart to use that in any season that you consider to be legitimate in these crazy times. Find a way to make this more efficient for the athletes and their families, not having to spend so much time away from them, and then maybe you could pursue one of these things. But again, the main priority is safety. And if you can't do any of those things, and again, a lot of this depends on what happens in the next couple of weeks too, but if you can't safely do any of these things, then I do think, despite how much it pains me, you should wait until 2021, when things can be much more normal than they are now. Much more normal. And I did actually have people ask me what I would think about some of those changes sticking around for the future, for seasons when things go back to normal when it comes to sports, having regular nine-inning games again, back in the normal stadiums, in front of fans, and all of that. They asked me, how would you feel if those things were to stick around? Well, I'll tell you right now, hell no. <laughs> Especially things like a seven-inning doubleheader. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Not happening. Maybe an electronic strike zone now that I think about it when that system is good enough to use because we all know how many problems I've had with home plate umpires. <laughs> but that's about it. So that's my official take on this whole thing. Am I happy to see that the league is really trying hard to brainstorm ways to get things back up and getting the players back on the field and providing more live entertainment for us fans, which we are all obviously starving for right now? I really do appreciate that, but there are a lot of things that are really hazy and I'm really not sure I would want them to go after. And of course, the main thing is safety. I really agree with everybody pushing that issue. It has to be safe. And I do hear all those people saying that it'd really be tough to wait for next year because everybody'd be rusty and you'd really have a poor product on the field next year potentially. But again, a lot of these guys are staying in shape. They're doing everything they have to do to keep with it, spending time with their families too and everything like that. They're professional athletes and they should be able to get back into it. That's what they're paid to do. These are strenuating circumstances and these players, if they are to have to wait till next year, they know what they'll have to do. And I do trust them to know. And again, as I said, if you can count this as sort of an exhibition season, if you could safely pursue all of this, then I would be for that. Because as I said, I'm as desperate as the next guy to have baseball back. And if you can safely pursue all of this and still have an exhibition season, I'd be for that. Because exhibition or not, it's still some form of baseball being on the TV if everybody's safe, and I'm for that. And plus, of course, the players themselves will be on the field playing some form of baseball, and they wouldn't be totally rusty going into next year, which could result, as some people said, in possibly being a poor product for 2021. They'll be on the field playing, even if it's exhibition, for all of us to watch and enjoy, and for the players to stay fresh with. But again, figure out a way to guarantee safety of everybody involved, continue brainstorming ways to make make this as efficient for the athletes and their families as much as possible, which I know is a lot to ask for in these times. And consider making this, as many other people said, an exhibition sort of season, because I really don't think any respectable legitimate season or anywhere close to a full legitimate respectable season could be played at this point. I just don't. And if they can't do those things, you really have to just sit back and ask yourself, is it worth it? Maybe we should wait until next year. It's food for thought. And again, I so appreciate the extra thought by everyone involved to try to give us any sort of baseball back that we can get. I really appreciate that. But if there are no better ways to do this and no other ways to guarantee safety, you have to wonder whether it would just be better to wait for next year or not. You have to. And I think that if none of those things are achievable, and again, a lot of this may change in the coming weeks, but if none of these things are achievable, we should probably wait until next year, as painful as it is. 
That's my official take on it. I hope I made sense with this, and I hope not too many people go insane. If you want to message me and call me a fake fan for my opinion or whatever, feel free. Probably won't answer those messages because I don't have time or patience to waste my time on people like that. But I do feel like I have a pretty sensible and mature take on this and an understandable opinion. And I know people out there will disagree with me. And you know what? I welcome disagreements because that's the point of talking on this sort of a forum. You want to hear different viewpoints and opinions. And you should be able to handle those different opinions and viewpoints. We're adults here. Some of us. But I just feel if for lack of safety and efficiency for everybody involved... And just for the sake of not even being able to recognize the game being played anymore and trying to consider it a legitimate season, I just think it would be better to wait for next year. So that's my official take on this. And you know that I'm always willing to talk to you guys about all these things that I talk about on the podcast or any other thing there is to talk about regarding baseball or the Yankees or whatever on social media. You can message me anytime. You can follow me on social media, which I'm going to plug in a bit anyway in the outro to the show, as I always do. My Facebook fan page is at Mike Scudero NY. My Twitter is at Mike Scudero and Instagram is at Mike Scuds 97. You can always message me and talk to me more about this if you want to expand upon thoughts or opinions on this subject. I'm always open to it. And especially on this subject, because of course there's a lot to be said with this. And we shall see what happens going forward. Exciting and interesting stuff, guys. But, as for now, that is all for episode 42 of Yapping Yankees. One last shout out to Team Left Jab and Grunt Talks MLB. First up, Team Left Jab as always. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And our other shout out, as always, goes to Grunt Talks MLB. They're being kind enough to help continue to grow this podcast by featuring Yapping Yankees on their website and expanding their options for sports content on their platform as well. So be sure to check out Grunt Talks MLB. Be sure to visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their sports content, including where they feature Yapping Yankees. Be sure to also follow those behind the website, my friend Darren on Twitter at YankeesReport28, as well as the baseball chick Samantha at Ziggy89X. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB for joining in on the growth of Yapping Yankees. And while you're at it, guys, be sure to follow me on all social medias as well. As I just said before, you could find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY, my Twitter, which I'm most disgustingly active on, of course, at Mike Scudero, and you can find my Instagram at MikeScuds97. And I also don't want to forget to tip my cap, as I do every week, to you, the listener. Whether you just listen or give feedback on the show, vote or reply in the polls, interact with me personally about the Yankees or baseball, support me and the podcast and show love on social media, whatever in the world it is you do to show your love and support, I tip my cap to you and remind you just how much I appreciate your believing in me every single day. I always want to remind you about how thankful I am for all of you. And I do hope you SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify listeners enjoyed as always, as well as you YouTube listeners out there. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes. Episodes 34 up to this one, episode 42, are available on YouTube, and episodes 33 all the way back to episode 1 are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And also, I really want to do this, one last shout out to all of those fighting this virus on the front lines. You all deserve a shout out. Selflessly, bravely, and tirelessly doing all they can to rid us of COVID-19. Doctors, nurses, 
first responders, police officers, the fire department, all healthcare workers, and so on. I want to extend my gratitude to all of you for your efforts at all times, but especially in these times. It's the least I can do. This was another long but fun one today, guys. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, April 19th, when I come at you with episode 43 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, hang in there, be patient, stay safe, and I hope you all had yourselves a happy Easter. Have a good week, guys. Take care. Take care.